You are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. That's right. It's the Locked On NFL Podcast. Your boy Q, Bo Brock, hanging out with you on a Friday edition. Give us a follow on Twitter at Locked On NFL Pods, at Bob Rack, at your boy Q. Tons to talk about today. We've got another team getting hammered by the NFL for their violations of the COVID-19 protocols. We're going to get into that. It's a Friday Q. We're going to crack the Sunday six-pack. A huge battle for a division lead in our Sunday six-pack that we need to preview. Plus, our guy Chad Millman, he likes a monster underdog in week nine of the NFL season. It looked like Green Bay bounced back from a bad loss on Thursday night football last night with their uh, easy victory over the San Francisco 49ers. Q, how you doing, my man? Man, I'm doing good, and I really got one question for the show, and I can't wait to talk to Chad. I just want to know if at some point this season, I'm going to get him to come on over to the dark side and admit that I think he's an undercover Raider fan without admitting it. <laughs> I think I think you're right. You know, it's unprovoked, and it just seems kind of like bully mentality. I don't know what he's doing. Well, you know, what's crazy about that is how do you lash out against Vegas, and we're talking about betting and gambling and all that stuff. Like, that doesn't even make sense. It's, it's a fair point, and it's <laughs> one we're going to have to ask our guy Chad Millman from the Action Network when we talk to him later in this podcast. Before we get into that, I need to tell you that this football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day to become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Now let's get into Thursday's game. It was a show that was put on by Green Bay's Aaron Rodgers, and it was kind of like an SEC team going up against the Sun Belt team because how ravaged the 49ers are by injuries. I mean, when we saw the schedule... When it came out it, last spring, we kind of circled this one. Oh, this is going to be a preview of a couple teams that are going to be in contention in the NFC. Changes to uh, as far as the Niners, the, you've got the injuries, their starting quarterback, Jimmy G, their star tight end, George Kittle. You've got players who are on the COVID-19 list, and uh, they just they just could barely put a team on the field last night. And it was Green Bay rebounding, cruising, Past the injury ravaged San Francisco 49ers on Thursday Night Football. That's your locked on NFL lead story. It was an easy 34 17 win last night. Three touchdown passes for Aaron Rodgers in the first half, 21 3 before we hit the locker rooms. Devontae Adams on the opening drive found the end zone on a beautiful pass and catch. And it wasn't really even as close as the final score indicated, Q. No, it wasn't, man. That final score was a joke. Uh, the 49ers decided that they had to get into the end zone and they had to do everything they could to use every single second of the clock. And it just seemed like the last, I don't know, 35 seconds of the game lasted for about 10 minutes longer than it needed to. But either way, uh, you're right. It was a complete domination by the Packers. At one point in the game, Devontae Adams had more yards uh, receiving than the 49ers had, period. Uh, it was just, uh, again, total domination. Aaron Rodgers got out before the end of the game, so you know it was a good day. He was smiling. He's been smiling a lot throughout the season. The Packers improved to 6-2 and two on the season, and the 49ers dropped to 4-5, and five, and they may never uh, see 500 again. I mean, that's a tough division, and like you said, they're riddled with injuries, and 
and also uh, the COVID-19 issues they're dealing with. Uh, they look like a team that's really kind of um, not, not going in the right direction. And Green Bay looks like, like you mentioned, that they rebounded in a major way and they're looking good. Cooking with grease is what I like to say. Yeah, have how the mighty have fallen. The 49ers were the team that was primed to, you know, make another run after their Super Bowl appearance last season and just crushed by injuries. That Super Bowl hangover is very real. And uh, this is a team that's just, it looks like it's packing in for the rest of the 2020 season. They'll be lucky to compete for the rest of the year. And here's Kyle Shanahan with another lost season. I mean, he's he's been in the Bay Area for, for a while now. And he's just going to have that one 2019 season, that Super Bowl run to show for it so far. So we'll see what they do after this. But for right now, this is a Niners team that's uh, it, it looks like their best games are behind them. We saw a touchdown last night from Mercedes Lewis. 36, <laughs> 89 years old, I believe, Mercedes Lewis. Just about. He, he, caught, <laughs> he caught a touchdown from Aaron Rodgers in the first half. I mean, this is a guy I had to look at. I was like, I wonder who Mercedes Lewis's first quarterback was. Can you tell me who it was, Q? Um, actually, you know what? I cannot. <laughs> I cannot. You got to go but... <laughs> way, way back to the Jacksonville Jaguars, 2006. Brunel? David Garrard. Oh. David Garrard. Not, wow. not Brunel. Close, close, but... David Garrard was his first quarterback, uh, but uh, Mercedes Lewis, Devontae Adams, as you mentioned, let's look at Aaron Rodgers' numbers at the end of the day. A monster game, 305 yards passing, four touchdowns, no picks. Aaron Jones returns to the lineup, quiet night for him, 15 carries for 58 yards, and you mentioned the Devontae Adams. He had the 10 catches, 173 yards and a touchdown, two TDs for Marquez Valdez-Scantling. I mean, it was all Packers all night. It really was. And, you know, uh, we mentioned San Francisco and them going in the wrong direction and Kyle Shanahan, his issues that he's got moving forward uh, and he's had. Uh, one of the big questions that they're going to have to answer at some point is, is Jimmy G the guy in San Francisco? Yeah. Is he going to be the guy to lead the way for the 49ers? That's something that they will have to address in the offseason and figure out exactly what they're going to do depending on, well, where they end up in the draft and, you know, what they want to do with that contract and if there's some moves that want they want to be making uh, across the league as far as possible trade so I think there's going to be a lot of eyes and attention on the 49ers but not for the reasons that they want which would be well because they're winning and making another trip back to the Super Bowl instead it's because they're kind of uh, like you mentioned earlier that Super Bowl hangover they're suffering it right now and and this team will probably be pulled apart and and um, kind of spread out over the next uh, the next offseason but they'll be in good shape once they get healthier they'll have a decent draft pick they'll get to add to their nice collection of young and upcoming players so I think the San Francisco 49ers I think it's fair to say that they could be back as early as 2021. Um, as far as right now, the Green Bay Packers with their sixth win of the season, six and two, four and one in the NFC North. The loss to the Vikings last last week was kind of their big blemish, their big boo-boo in 2020. But they do have an opportunity. I was looking at this, a pretty good opportunity with their schedule going forward to kind of vie for that top seed in the NFC. Yeah, they really do, you know, and I thought that the NFC North was going to be really a dogfight between the Packers and, and the Vikings throughout the season, and, uh, you know, and the Vikings come up and get that big victory, but they've had an underwhelming season, and instead it's been, you know, the Packers and the Bears, and so really the, the Packers, they really need to go ahead and continue to win games and, and keep pace, and of course Chicago's got their own issues with their quarterback situation, but that defense keeps them in games, so, uh, you know, the Packers are doing what they're supposed to do, Aaron Rodgers is doing what he's supposed to do, continue to win games so they can and uh, like you said, try to have that top spot in the NFC.
Now, Q, the other news on Thursday night was when the Las Vegas Raiders were levied a steep punishment yeah. for multiple violations of the NFL COVID-19 protocol. Yeah, it was major, man. First, uh, Charles Robinson from Yahoo Sports, he had it first. Adam Schefter got it uh, right after that as well. But uh, he put out the tweet, the NFL will fine the Las Vegas Raiders $500,000 and coach John Gruden $150,000 and strip the team of a six-round draft pick for COVID-19 protocol violations related to offensive tackle Trent Brown's positive test in late October. Escalated fines and picks were due to being a repeat offender. And that's something as the host of the Lockdown Raiders is something I've talked about quite a bit. The Raiders have been very, as far as I'm concerned, negligent and very loose with the protocols that uh, the NFL has put out there. And it's just not a good look. And uh, Adam Schefter kind of took a little bit uh, a step further and actually put out some of the violations that were part of the repeat offender. Early on, John Gruden was consistently not wearing his masks. Then the Raider players attended a, a very large indoor gathering that was really a, a good cause. It was a charitable event, but they didn't have masks on, and there was a bunch of people there. Uh, after the Saints game, uh, week two of the season, they allowed an unauthorized person into the locker room. Uh, so it's just one thing after the other. Trent Brown, the guy who's, uh, you know, here being talked about right now is the guy that, uh, you know, uh, apparently took off his his tracking device, his little tracer to, to do the contact tracing. So the NFL couldn't tell who was around him uh, again, like the like the report says, he tested positive in late October. Uh, he's back on the COVID-19 list again. I mean, it's just a lot of COVID-19 violations that the Raiders have, uh, you know, have done and. You knew at some point the NFL was going to come down on them, and and they did. They brought the hammer. Uh, they didn't. They didn't bring the hammer really down on the Tennessee Titans. And I know a lot of fans right now are screaming foul because of that. But at some point, you can't worry about your others. You got to worry about your house. And, and right now, the Raiders' house is not a clean house. It's not a. It's not penalty free as as the NFL is br- bringing down the hammer on them. Yeah, and, and Tennessee did kind of get off with a slap on the wrist compared to this one. And yeah. look, at some point, the NFL, from an optics stance, is going to is is going to make an example of somebody, and the the Raiders are that team, right? Exactly. I mean, and so, you know, it, it is what it is. It stinks. I'm sure it's going to get appealed, but I don't know how far an appeal is going to go when it comes to these uh, violations. But like you said, and they had been warning, and, and I really honestly didn't think it was ever going to happen. They were going to take away a draft pick. But up and up, lo and behold, they did. Six-round draft pick taken away from the Raiders. And I know some people are saying, ah, oh, it's only a six-round pick. It's still a draft pick, and that's still a major, a major uh, you know, that's, that's a major penalty right there. Tell that to Mike Mayock, the general manager, right. who was that was his living. He made his living off the NFL draft for years before taking this position in in Oakland and now Vegas. That he's a draft guy. He he's looking for those diamonds in the rough. And you're going to tell him, oh well, you're just going to punt on a six round pick. He's not going to be happy with that, no matter what the the you know the reasoning is. No, not at all. So uh, very unfortunate for the Raiders. Maybe uh, they'll, they'll straighten out now and don't have to worry about any more, uh, any more penalties like that. But it's a shame that they, uh, they had to become victims and, and the example that the NFL set. Yeah, no more charity events, damn it. Right, exactly. <laughs> Again, it was a good cause, but yeah. you got to follow the protocol, especially this year. We see how it is, man. All over the league, there's been you know teams that have been hit with it. There's players that are hit with it. Facilities closing down, and all they're trying to do, all the league is trying to do, is get this whole season taken care of and get to the Super Bowl. And you know, so we could all watch and talk about the NFL. So everyone's got to do their part, including the Raiders. A big game for Las Vegas in their division this week weekend our guy chad millman i know he's got his thoughts on that and with that the feud's going to continue between <laughs> q 
and Chad later on. But coming up next, we're going to crack the Sunday six-pack, and there is a huge division showdown, a, a game with implications that could prove to de- actually decide the NFC South. We'll get into it. It's the Locked On NFL Podcast, your boy Q and Bo Brock. This football season will be different. And Pepsi, it's here to get you ready for game day. No matter how you watch this season, like I was watching last night, I went from watching on the big screen to walking around my house, doing a couple chores on my tablet. It's on a it's on a screen somewhere. And that and with me, it's my tablet, the game, and that blue can. Pepsi. Pepsi's the refreshment that you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's for those big-hearted fans watching from their couches. It's made for us who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. Here we go. Segment number two of the Locked On NFL podcast on this Friday, November 6th, 2020. Bo Brock and your boy Q. You can find us on Twitter at Bo Brock. That's at B-O-B-R-A-C-K and at your boy Q254. And I think that this and, you know, hey, I could be wrong, but I do believe this is our favorite part of the show. And I know it's a lot of other people's favorite part of the show. We crack open our Sunday six pack. We look at some games that we really, really find intriguing. Some because the matchups are really sexy. Some because the matchups aren't really sexy and some (laughs) just because. And so we're going to do that. And we're going to do that right now. Bo's got his games. I got my games. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. Bo, why don't you leave things open? Why don't you crack open the first cold one? Yeah, talk about starting off with a dud. This is it. But it has implications as far as the playoff picture, shockingly. I'm talking about the Washington football team hosting the 1-7 New York Giants. Not the G-men, but the team at 2-5 and five. if they win their third game. They could be right there with the Philadelphia Eagles in the saddest division race of all time. Kyle Allen, he's taking care of the football six, taking over the starting reins for uh, Washington. Four touchdowns, one interception. Daniel Jones, I mean, I just can't pick a guy who fell down in the open field when he was pretty much free for a 90-yard touchdown score. I can never pick him again. But as far <laughs> as either the, the G-men are, are in worse shapes, shockingly, they did have the win. Ron Rivera, he he was Riverboat Ron the last time the teams met, meet, met up in East Rutherford uh, when he goes for two instead of going for the tie after scoring late in that contest. I think that the Washington football team is playing decent, and decent is way better than what the Giants are playing. So this is why this is the first of my Sunday six-pack Washington football team taking care of business at home and improving the three and five over the one win Giants. You know, I really like this game as well because I, I really like the front seven of, of Washington. You know, like you, you mentioned, uh, they have parts of the team that are really good, and that's the defense. Everything else is kind of a joke and a mess, and that's why they are the record that they are right now. But uh, I do like what they do defensively, that front seven. So that's actually fun to watch. And I'm I'm actually uh, on the under kind of pulling for them to win that uh, the NFC least because, well, the division's a joke, <laughs> and, and why not a team with no real mascot this season? Why don't they just go ahead and win it, right? The Washington football team go ahead and take that division uh Bo I'll actually raise your your one from the six pack and and hit you with a dud as well and well one of the teams is from the NFC least as well how about this one Pittsburgh at Dallas Dallas is on their fourth quarterback 
of the year. Uh, they just they lose Dak Prescott early. They have so much money invested in the team, and they only have two wins on the season. I mean, they're an absolute mess. And oh, by the way, they're welcoming in the seven and zero Steelers. So uh, on paper, this looks like a bloodbath. I'm sure on the field, it's going to be a bloodbath. I'm actually just kind of watching this one and intrigued by this one because I just want to see almost like the the unknown, like how bad, how ugly can it get? You know what I mean? Like I just want to see. I mean, I don't, I don't want anyone to get hurt. I don't want it to get to that level. But at the same time, I just want to see how ugly this can get. I think the Steelers are going to handle their business, and this game is going to be more of a bloodbath and a, and a blowout than even what we saw Thursday night as the Packers uh, destroyed the 49ers, even though the score didn't really indicate that. But uh, it, was, it was. It was a beatdown. I can't wait to see how the Steelers beat down the Cowboys on Sunday. It, it could be very reminiscent of what, what we la- watched last night. Big Ben could play the role of Aaron Rodgers and just take care of business early, put this game in the bag early for Pittsburgh, and they'll obviously stay unbeaten. What I'm curious about in this contest, as they are on their fourth signal caller of the season, the Dak Prescott injury, the ineffective in the COVID list for Andy Dalton, a guy named Ben DiNucci <laughs> starting last week that we kind of laughed and had some fun with. Didn't he throw like 40 passes last week? Yes. I mean, what what are they what what is Kellen Moore doing? What is the game plan between Mike McCarthy and Kellen Moore when Ben DiNucci is hoisting 40 passes in a game? The guy that you paid all that money, I know he's got a fumbling problem, but right now you're down offensively. Just feed Zeke and see what happens. Try to win the possession battle and keep this thing respectable. That's what they should do. And I'll tell you, as a guy sitting in Central Texas who covers the Cowboys as well, every Cowboy fan is asking the same question you asked, and they're scratching their head and wondering, what in the world is Kellen Moore doing? Please don't lump me in with those Cowboys fans. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to move on here in the six-pack. My second game is the team that I cover on Locked on Cardinals, and it's intriguing. I didn't think that this game was going to be a matchup between two teams that are above 500. I thought the Cardinals obviously had a chance, but I didn't think Brian Flores was going to have the Fens playing at the level that they're playing. Four and three. Miami comes to the desert, takes on the Cardinals after their bye week. It's strength for strength cue. It's the Cards with the top-ranked offense, yardage-wise, 419 per game, versus the Fens defense, which is top as far as the least amount of points surrendered. So it's a pair of strengths. It's DeAndre Hopkins versus Byron Jones or Xavier Howard. It's Emmanuel Agba and Christian Wilkins, Shaq Lawson versus DJ Humphreys in this very improved Cardinals offensive line. Can't wait to see that. Obviously, Kyler Murray and his 20 total touchdowns, and that Cardinals offense is going to be rearing and ready to go and rested off their bye week. We'll see what they look like without Kenyon Drake. They're starting running back. He's down with a high ankle injury. Uh, Chase Edmonds is going to take over the load. So fantasy players out there, if you're looking for somebody, Edmonds might be a good play this week. I think the Cardinals take care care of business, mainly because if they get to 20, I don't think Tua in that Dolphins offense can muster enough. They just had they had under 150 yards in total offense last week. Tua had just over 90 yards passing, uh, even with an increase in those numbers. It's not going to be enough to compete with uh, what Cliff Kingsbury and that air raid offense is going to show on Sunday. I agree 100%. I I do like this game a lot because I like what the NFL has as far as young quarterbacks. Kyler Murray's fun to watch. Tua, I think, is going to be fun to watch. The one thing I'll say for Miami and and their chances, I like Brian Flores also as a head coach. I like what he's doing in Miami. I don't think they have enough to win this game against Arizona. But uh, special teams and defense is really what the Miami Dolphins are are hanging their hat on. Uh, Jakeem Grant, he was a stud last week, uh, returned one to the house, a punt return, and then a kickoff 
kickoff return. He sent like he, he ran like 50 yards. Uh, he didn't get it to the house, but still, uh, he, he's a weapon in himself just as a special teams guy. So I think it's just going to be an intriguing, scrappy, fun game. I think you're right, though. Arizona's going to come out with the victory, but I like seeing the young quarterbacks and just see how they develop. And of course, Kyler Murray is one of the best in the league. Uh, very, very entertaining. I don't know how long this uh, offense is going to last and really work in the NFL, but I don't care. I care to see it right now. That's all that really matters. <laughs> How about I continue with another another one of the cold ones? Crack open one more for me. And I don't know why I continue to pick duds, but for some reason, I get attracted <laughs> to them. And I'm sure Chad Millman's got a joke about that, but that's okay. That is okay. How about this one? How about the Broncos at the Falcons? Everyone right now said, yuck, the three and four Broncos at the two and six Falcons. And that's kind of one of the reasons why I'm intrigued by it. I, I, I'm always scratching my head and f- trying to figure out if Vic Fangio is going to cut it as a head coach in Denver. Uh, I I have my doubts. I like him as a defensive coordinator, but there's a lot of questions uh, I have surrounding him as a head coach. But uh, Drew Locke, young quarterback. I just mentioned that I like the young quarterbacks. Drew Locke is one. Can he be a successful one in the league? Well, we'll find out. And then Atlanta Falcons. You know, Matt Ryan, we talked about, are, are they going to move on from him? I asked last week, are they going to move off from Julio Jones? They didn't. Those guys are still there. So, you know, can they salvage the season and make it respectable? Or is it going to be one of those, they're going to be tip-picking in the top five when the draft comes around. So, uh, for some reason, I just like the Falcons. Maybe it's their jerseys they're wearing this year. I like the <laughs> Falcons, but I know they're not a very good team, if that makes sense. So uh, Denver at Atlanta is a game I'm looking at. Yeah, I I think everybody agrees with the the Falcons. They have talent on that roster, but they're just not a very good team. We'll see if them deciding to keep these players in the ATL gives them a little boost of confidence. Like, hey, we want to keep you here. Like Tack McKinley was playing the role of Adam Schefter and Ian (laughs) Rappaport all week telling his trade status and how, you know, the Falcons had turned down all these deals. Is he going to come out and play hard? You know, can they get that third win? Or can the Broncos go forward and forward? That's going to be dependent on the guy you were talking about, Drew Locke. Can he string back-to-back solid starts performances together? Something he hasn't done so far over his 10 career starts. He's only started 10 career games. That's pretty crazy to me. But last week, Against the Chargers, the come-from-behind victory, he has the three touchdown passes. If he can put forth a similar performance, you know, they could be 4-4. Four and four. And that's shocking to me that we're talking about the Broncos potentially evening the record. Uh, as a guy who covers a team in the AFC West, I like to see how these other teams are starting to, starting to grow and starting to build. So that's another reason why I have my eye on the Broncos. For sure. Let's stay with another or a pair of NFC South teams. And this is your Sunday night battle between the 6-2 and two Tampa Bay Buccaneers hosting the New Orleans Saints mm. at 5-2. and two. And this could be for the division. I mean, yep. there's a lot of football left to be played, but this is a big one as we sit here in Week 9. Could it be Jameis Winston revenge game? Hopefully not. I mean, we're talking about Please Drew Brees. No. That's something to watch today on this Friday as you're just kind of scrolling your timeline. Just keep an eye on Drew Brees' status. He's been kind of uh, limited as far as practice is concerned. Looks like it's not going to be a big deal, and he's going to be there you know, as Chris Collinsworth and Al Michaels calls the game. But, uh, man, I tell you what, you know, as as well as the Saints have played, no team is trending in the right direction more so than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I love what Todd Bowles is doing with this defense. And they're just, uh, they are playing, they probably have, as far as defensive football goes, one of the teams that's just playing as, as stout as you possibly can in the NFL right now, where there's not a whole lot of defenses kind of flexing right now. I like what the Bucs are doing. I think that gives them an advantage at home, taking on the Saints. Get revenge for that season-opening loss to New Orleans in New Orleans. 
Yeah, that's the key right there. I mean, this game, you know, is obviously going to be a lot better, in my opinion, than it was that opening game of the season just because Tom Brady actually is is all on the same page now with his players, with his head coach. Uh, Gronk is, is kind of in midseason form. Uh, you know, everyone knew the first four weeks of the regular season was going to be like the preseason. So now you get them for the second time around. You know, how does this game shape up? This is going to be a fun one, probably the best game of the, of the, uh, the weekend for sure. Uh, but, yeah, I just I want to see if – you know, what happened on Monday against the Giants with Tampa Bay, if that was just a fluke, if they assumed the victory and then all of a sudden had to fight for a victory because, look, they shouldn't have been that close with the football Giants, the New York football Giants at all on Monday Night Football. But uh, they end up winning that game 25-23, and it kind of made me think, like, man, maybe they're not as good as I thought they were. So uh, probably that was just a, a, a game where they kind of slept walk through it for a little while. I'm sure that they're going to be really ramped up and ready to go for this game against the Saints. So uh, most likely that's going to be the, the best game of the weekend. I'm going to roll the dice, though, and say that the Saints find a way to, to, to get this victory. You know, I'm just going to say that they're, they, they haven't been the pretty Saints and the all, you know, high-flying Saints that we're used to seeing uh, year in and year out. But still, they're finding ways to win games. So I think that they're going to find a way to win this one as well. We will see. And you then got one more game, though. Yeah, I got one more game. I got one more game, and I finally are going to pull a good one. <laughs> you know, what I mean, I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna go for these duds anymore. How about this one? And this one's intriguing to me for multiple reasons. How about the five and three Bears at the five and two Titans, a Tennessee team that was flying high, and all of a sudden has hit a hit a little bit of a stumble in the in the road, and hasn't looked as dominant and as good as they as they were early on in the season. And the Bears, they have so many questions at the quarterback position. You know, is Nick Foles really the guy? Mitchell Trubisky comes in last week for one play and gets injured. I mean, what is going on there in Chicago offensively? We know defensively they have they got the goods. You know, and especially with Eddie Jackson on that back end, Khalil Mack on the defensive line. I mean, they. They got guys that could play uh, all over the field defensively, but offensively, man, they got so many questions. But still, in the in the NFC North, they're still up there. They're right up there competing with the Packers. They're sitting there at five and three. Obviously, the Packers got that W on Thursday night to improve to six and two. But uh, every every team in that division needs wins on top of wins on top of wins. So, can the Bears somewhat keep pace with the Packers? We'll find out. And can the Titans kind of? right the ship because they they've really haven't looked as dominant as they did early on the season so I'm just intrigued to see what teams show up is it going to be a really good Chicago team is it going to have a really good Nick Foles or is it going to have just just Nick Foles you know I mean it's just there's there's so many questions to be had in this game I honestly think the Tennessee Titans are going to find a way to win it uh, but I'm interested I'm just intrigued to see how this one shakes out yeah it'd be pretty shocking to see Tennessee drop what would be three in a row exactly if they lose this game and their success seems to be predicated on how Ryan Tannehill performs. And it, he hasn't had bad, horrible performance in back-to-back losses, but they've been pretty pedestrian compared to his hot start. I mean, 18 for 30, I think, in both games, throwing the football, but uh, he was just kind of lights out to start the season, and so were the Titans. And then when he just kind of came back to earth, they weren't as successful. So right. I, and look, Chicago's fully capable of keeping him at that pedestrian level or below that. So we'll see. This is going to be a great game to watch, Q. It's a sneaky, really good game. It really is, man. So I think that's it. Do you have one more in the six-pack? I don't. I don't. It's it's interesting. We got all the duds out of the way, and we got uh, we finished with a couple good games. So well, we need to make a run to, to the it. store. We need another six pack. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for a beer run. It's the Locked On NFL Podcast. Your boy Q, Bo Brock, hanging out with you. Coming up next, Chad Millman of the Action Network, the Favorites Podcast. 
he's big on a big time underdog this week. You're not going to believe who it is, who he's putting some smart money on. Is it smart? We'll find out. It's next. And week nine is upon us. Niners Packers last night. We recapped it here. It's your boy Q Bo Brock. Give us a follow on Twitter at your boy Q254. Follow me, Bo Brock at Bob Brock. Easiest way to follow me and follow our next guest, Chad Millman, of course, of the Action Network, the podcast is his favorites in his Twitter account at Chad Millman. This segment's going to get a little spicy because I know that there's a game that's going to pit my co host Q versus Chad once again. <laughs> We'll get into that. You got to hang on to listen for that pick. First, I want to talk about this one because, Chad, the Panthers have done a pretty good job in making us some money this year, but there's a massive spread, and rightfully so. They're on the road at Arrowhead taking on Patrick Mahomes and the reigning champion Kansas City Chiefs. Do you sniff 10.5 with Teddy Covers and the Panthers? Boy, this is a rock and a hard place game because – Teddy Covers, as a underdog, continues to overperform. As a big underdog, like this is a great, great spot for him. And and the thing about that he does so well, he just doesn't give the ball up. So every time he's got the ball, it's an opportunity for him to make good decisions and drive the team into scoring position. And this week, Christian McCaffrey coming back against a Kansas City Chiefs defense that is not that stellar against the run. So there are really, really good opportunities here for the Panthers. The what are your side. Nope. Go ahead. What are your thoughts? I'm sorry on this Buffalo Seattle game. I know that uh, Seattle is the favorite, but their defense has been really, really suspect to me all season long. And Buffalo, they were cooking with grease early, and now they kind of looking like they're tailing off a little bit. What are, What are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I like I like the Bills in this game, and I think I think it's one of those buy low, sell high scenarios like I think that because the Seahawks have been the Seahawks and because the Bills have been struggling the past couple of weeks you're getting the Bills at a little bit of a discount and I actually like the Bills you know that I think they're two and a half three point underdogs right now um, I think the game is probably closer to pick and so uh, I would be on the Bills here Chad Millman, the Action Network, the favorites is the podcast for more insight as far as week nine NFL betting. Let's uh, let's kind of put some lipstick on a pig on a couple crappy games this weekend. <laughs> and I'm looking at the Washington football team and the Giants. And this was a game that was in East Rutherford a couple weeks ago that Ron Rivera goes for two at the end of the contest. Could have taken the PAT, kicked the field goal and tied it, but he goes for two in the Washington football team loses this time they're hosting the game two and a half point favorites who could we bet on to maybe add some excitement to this matchup of the nfc least well look one man's pig is another man's profit right and so <laughs> i i like washington here a lot and i like that you're getting them at home at less than a field goal ron rivera is just a better coach than joe judge and that's not disparaging of joe judge ron rivera is a really good coach and joe judge is seven games into his career and he's playing with a quarterback who, frankly, just isn't very good. Like, Daniel Jones, at this point in his career, should not be as inaccurate as he is. He should not be making the bad decisions that he makes. He shouldn't be holding the ball the way he does. He shouldn't be fumbling the ball the way he does. Honest to God, like, the grief that Mitch Trubisky got um, compared to what Daniel Jones gets is kind of astonishing considering in that time – Mitch Trubisky led his team to the playoffs and made the Pro Bowl. 
Mm. And Daniel Jones is still just not performing at a level that is really uh, in any way considered to be top notch compared to the hype that he gets. Um, I don't think it's a very good offensive football team. I think the the Washington football team, they're not making mistakes when Kyle Allen is playing. And I think if you're not making mistakes and you're going against a bad team and you're less than a field goal favorite, that's a recipe for winning. Well, you know, I got to ask you about the big elephant in the room. You know, I got to go there. <laughs> I try to avoid this, but we, it's, it's the inevitable, Chad. I can't help it. Chargers, Raiders, L.A., Chargers are opened up, I believe, at like uh, three-point favorites now. Uh, it looks like maybe the it, it may be a pick'em game or the Raiders are favored by one point. Uh, what are your thoughts on this one? I know you're never really high on the Raiders, but somehow whenever you're not high on them, they come through like the first of the month for me. So what are your thoughts on this oh, one? Oh, no, you did not. Uh, <laughs> I like the Chargers here. Uh, <laughs> look, look, the Raiders, like, they're, they're playing amazing offensively. You got to give it to them. Derek Carr is having an unbelievably good year. Um, but I still like the Chargers. And I like, I've got two bad teams at home, and I'm basically being told, take the home team at pick. Um, Justin Herbert just been so good. Yes. And the problem is the Raiders defense, as good as, De- as, as um, Derek Carr has been, the Raiders defense is so bad that I do see Justin Herbert in that Chargers offense getting a chance to just completely light them up. And if it's going to be one of those games where everyone's going up and down the field, up and down the field, then I'm just going to take the home team if all things are even. And in this case, they are. I just feel like you were going to go with the Chargers no matter what the data <laughs> told you. I mean, it's just just to continue this feud with, exactly. with my boy Q. It's entirely likely, but I can't deny that when I realized I loved the Chargers and I knew I was coming on the show and I saw they were playing the Raiders, I, I was a little excited about it. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Let's go to the game of the team that actually hosts the podcast on Locked on Cardinals. And the Cardinals, they're coming off their bye week. They're 5-2. and two. They had the uh, thrilling overtime victory over the Seahawks. And then you have the Dolphins. Less than 150 total yards of offense with Tua in his first start. Less than 100 yards passing for Tua. They're four-and-a-half-point four dogs. Is this a tough team to bet with Tua only making a second start? And who do you like in this contest in the desert? So... At first, I looked at this game and looked at this number and thought about what I've seen of the Cardinals when they've played well and who they've beaten and tried to separate like the box score from the reality. And I loved the Dolphins. And then I did a little more thinking and was like, wait a second, the Cardinals coming off a bye. They do have a really good win against Seattle. The Dolphins did not look good offensively. Like they won that game against the Rams because of everything but offense. And so I had to readjust my thinking. And like at first I really liked the Dolphins. And by the end of the day, I was kind of liking the Cardinals. The the other thing that's interesting to me, and this is just an on-the-field thing, the Dolphins play a lot of man-to-man. And a man-to-man defense against a – a quarterback who is as athletic as Kyler Murray, like unless they've got someone shadowing him on every single play, like he's going to find wide open lanes and opportunities to keep drive alive. And so 
this might be the game where the Dolphins come back down to earth a little bit. Chad, I got this one for you, man. And the reason I got to ask you about this one is because I'm so confused. I don't even know what to think about this game. You got the three and four Lions against the two and five Minnesota Vikings, which I, I never thought would happen. I thought Minnesota would be a lot better than they've been so far this year. Uh, I know Minnesota is favorite at home, but I mean, how do you even have any idea really what's going to happen with this game? Because both teams are so stinking inconsistent. So now I don't know what's going to happen with this game because of Matthew Stafford uh, and the COVID test. That's right. So, so if, if Matthew Stafford were playing, I'd be on the lions. The lions to me are becoming one of those uh, bet every other week team. Like (laughs) when they win, they get a lot, they get way too much credit when they lose, they get too much blame. And so to me, especially coming off the, the Vikings win last weekend, I looked at this and immediately thought, Oh yeah, I want the Lions. Now, uh, given given the Stafford situation, uh, I think that throws everything out the window, so I'm probably going to have to skip this one. All right, well, we can't end on a skip. Let's look right. at one last game, and I feel like uh, this would be a lock that the Baltimore Ravens only two-point favorites over the Indianapolis Colts, that you take the Ravens coming off a bad loss to Pittsburgh to rebound and maybe put up some points against the Colts. What are your thoughts? Oh, no, my friend. Look, e- look, look here's, here's the thing. A, no Marlon Humphrey because of uh, Corona. No Ronnie Stanley because he broke his ankle. Um, So you're missing your best defensive back. You're missing your best offensive lineman. Uh, There have been other COVID issues around the Ravens. And um, Lamar Jackson just hasn't been playing well. And he's going up against a defense that is better than the one he just faced. The Colts have been playing great. Their defense is one of the best in the league. And um, so now all of a sudden you're getting a diminished Ravens offensive line, a diminished Ravens secondary against a Colts team that I think is starting to show a little bit. And coming out of their bye, their defense was so healthy. Um, and I thought they looked fantastic coming out of the bye. I bet them coming out of the bye this past week, I thought it was like the spot, you know, they, they went in against the, the Lions. And um, so I would be on the Colts in this game. Would you go money line? You know what, brother? That is not a bad idea. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. You know what? I would. Wow. Very bold pick, and I like it. And that's why we have him on. You. Each and every week. That's what I'm talking about. Chad Millman, of course, the Action Network. Listen to the podcast for more insight on week nine betting in the NFL. The favorites and follow him on Twitter at Chad Millman. Chad, bold takes. Love it. Let's make some money this weekend. See you, fellas. There you have it, Chad Millman, the favorites, the Action Network, your boy Cubo Brock. It's your Locked On NFL podcast Fridays. It was a fun one, Q. I'm looking forward to these games this weekend, some big games for the teams that we cover, Cardinals, Raiders. Can't wait to take those in. But uh, And also listen to Peter Bukowski wrap things up on Monday. Whole recap on the Lockdown NFL podcast. Yeah, man. And we just got to be thankful for another weekend of football. You know, uh, this COVID-19, it's, it's kind of ratcheting up, ratcheting up more and more each and every week. We talked about it earlier in the show. And uh, I'm just thankful to see another weekend of uh, some NFL action. So it's going to be a fun weekend, some real good games. And uh, yeah, I, I can't wait to check them out. It's the Lockdown NFL podcast. Your boy Q, Bo Brock. It was fun talking about the game last night, previewing our Sunday six-pack and also talking to Chad Millman. We'll talk to you guys at this time next week. Have a good one.